Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Oh man, I'm so putting this video up. Darty just dropped his phone literally as we hit record. So it's just counting down and we see spinning of nothing. And because uh, your boy Darty's at the gym again. <laughs> oh man. Love it. Jimcast, welcome back to Leaves Late Night. Your destination for post game shows. It's never too late for the Leafs. I'm your host, Roscoe, joined by Beaner and Darty, presented as always by Inside the Rank. And uh, speaking of inside the rank, head on over there for Black Friday deal on our merch. 20% off. Go grab some while whoop, you can. Whoop. Um, so there was uh, two different things that could happen tonight. One scenario where both continued to 14 and uh, a couple where they ended, like we touched on. But in this case, the Devils do not reach their franchise record of 14 in a row. They are ended at 13. But on the other side, on the Leafs side, Mitch Marner, what, what, hits 14 games, point streak. How fantastic is that? And did you see how excited JT was for him, too? That was probably some of the most emotion you're going to see out of JT in oh, any situation. I mean, that goal was also sick. Like, yeah. how can you not be excited for that feed? The dude fought off two people, and he was on his knees falling. And again, it's this, it's the swing. It's the little wraparound thing this this is what he's been practicing <laughs> oh but, but what more can you ask for but marner's too small he can't handle the hard grind of the playoff style hockey well look at that <laughs> 14 games in a row <laughs> i don't know what to say um before we touch on the game though uh a little tradey trade happened so was it curtis douglas Yes, so the Leafs traded Curtis Douglas, um, a 22-year-old center from Oakville who has been on the Marlies. He was, he's been a little project that they've been working on for a little while now um, to Arizona for young 24-year-old right-handed shot defenseman Connor Timmins. And honestly, I mean, of all the names that we've been throwing around of people that teams have been asking about and people that we would not want to see go, I mean, Curtis Douglas was not really on anybody's radar. So I don't think Leafs Nation hates this trade. Well, some some people on Leafs Nation clearly hate this trade, but I don't know if you can consider them actual Leafs Nation. They're probably just the trolls on Twitter. Um, what, little what, what have you seen against it? Because I was not really on Twitter much today because of work. I've seen a handful of comments like, oh, of course, Dubas would trade the only center that they have in their organization with size and grit. Because, okay, Curtis Douglas is six foot nine, but he skates like a fourth line AHLer. You mean he's not Tage Thompson? <laughs> no, no, he, he's not the third coming of Mario Lemieux. Oh, my God. Um, so, <laughs> okay. He showed good promise. He was a good long-term project, but if you can take someone who may, it, he stayed in the organization, he maybe plays 20 games for the Leafs over the course of the next three years. Maybe. Yeah. Now, that being said, anyone can pop off. They're, we've all seen various players just completely blow up and make it to the NHL. Well, no one thought they would. 
So who knows? Maybe that's in the offing. But in 13 games this year, he has one assist in 30 penalty minutes for the Marlies. Holy. Not to mention he was scratched last game. So he's clearly not in the Leafs' plans. So the fact that they can turn turn around and use him to acquire a true defensive prospect, someone who played with Sandine on the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I said I didn't see any hate on this. This was probably the only thing I did see was that, like, of course, Thurbus gets another Sioux Greyhound. And, like, I mean, yeah, it's getting a... I mean, I've said it's getting ridiculous, I think, three times now. So this is just unfathomable. <laughs> what I came to with like, uh, Ilya Sorokin fan club, one of the uh, the Inside the Rink Isles team, they... Um, Subis loves his boys, all right? He takes that's care what, of his That's exactly own. what I was going to say, is if there's anything that Kyle Dubas learned from working under Lou Lamorello, it's find your guys, love your guys, and stick to your guys. And oh my God, does Dubas love his guys? Well, and like the other people that were kind of poo-pooing the trade, are like, oh yeah, sure, go and acquire a, a right-shot defenseman who, you know, is always hurt and isn't even good enough to crack the Coyotes lineup. You forget that he was the key piece going the other way in the Kemper trade when Colorado acquired Kemper. Like, this kid is a good young prospect who's run into a little bit of injury problems. And what have we always said about the Maple Leafs? They have a really good medical staff. Really good. Sorry, so Kemper went from Colorado or from Arizona to Colorado for Timmons? I believe there was picks involved as well, but Timmons was one of the main pieces going back. That's who, that's who Arizona wanted. Interesting. I want to. I did not know that. I want to look this trade up now. Um, former so, Coyotes goaltender Darcy Kemper traded to Colorado for defenseman Connor Timmons, a 22 first round pick and 24 third conditional. So it was Connor Timmons and a first rounder. So that's okay. I get it. Like c- coming out of his his year his draft year. This kid was considered one of the best young defense prospects. He was an all he, like he was a standout for Team Canada at the World Juniors. He was on the I don't know if you guys remember, but the OH the CHL did like a little Canada Russia series a couple of years ago. He was on that. He was the one of the top three players of the World Juniors when he was there when they won gold. Went back to the Sioux Greyhounds and like just continued to be the the best defensive defenseman in the OHL that year. Well, and I'm looking at his stats, 16-17 with the Greyhounds, 67 games, 7 goals, 54 assists, 61 points. Uh, 17-18, 8 goals, 33 assists, and also a plus 18. It seems the 16-17 Greyhounds were just insane because he was a plus 57. So <laughs> the 17-18 one's a little more down to earth. And even then, uh, 41 points in 36 games is crazy. His, his first year in the AHL with the Colorado Eagles, he had 27 points in 40 games. Like Yeah, I'm looking at that too here. That's crazy. And even this year with the Tucson Roadrunners, he's got three points in six games. They're clearly bad because he's somehow a minus 10. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, they are, they well, are look, the like, farm team of the Coyotes. We, we have a revolving door of defensemen right now because of all the injuries and whatnot. So it's the more the more D depth we have, the better. I'm like, tell me I'm wrong about that. Well, I mean, no, look, we just saw Jordy Ben go down, so now we're down to four of them. Are you joking? How does this keep happening? <laughs> I told you, as soon as one team gets healthy, the bug comes to the Leafs. Now everybody's going to get hurt. 
So um, <laughs> do we see Timmons and Mete come into the lineup now? I would have to imagine that they they probably... Um, well, Timmons would have to clear waivers to go down. That's why Arizona traded him, right? So he's coming into the lineup. Oh, now, shit, he's up already. Okay. Yeah, like, well, he obviously couldn't get there in time to play tonight. But that's the whole reason Arizona wanted to move him, because there's no way he would have cleared waivers. Gotcha. Um, And Arizona didn't want to move anybody else off their roster, because they're the defense that they're working with right now is the defense they want to work with at this time. And so we'll probably see Mac Hollowell be sent back down. Kid had an okay game. Like, I know we're going to get into the game a little bit later on, but he had a decent first game, nothing too crazy. Liked his speed a couple times. Um, So we'll probably see Simmons slide in there, and then depending on what's going on with Ben, then, yeah, Mete would draw back in as well. So, theoretically, next game we're looking at Hall, Geo, Lily, Sandine, and Mete Timmons. Oh my god, what happened to this defensive core? <laughs> well, that's when we just do um you go Geo Lily Lilligran Mete and Sandine Timmons reunite the Greyhounds defense pairing. You put Lily on two lines there. <laughs> Geo Lily. Yeah, well that's how much dislike I have for Hall. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, this was a terrible idea because we we could definitely use a six foot nine guy. You can't stay out of the box, right? Like, fucking Leafs Twitter is so backwards sometimes. Oh, yeah, no kidding. P- picking up a picking up a young right handed shot defenseman who's six foot two and can move the puck and has a history of being a good player as long as he can stay healthy. You know, that's got to be bad. And is a former Sioux Greyhound and <laughs> makes eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for is it this year and next year? Or no, this is his. Um, Sorry, it was last year and this year. He's he's an RFA at the end of this year, yeah. Yeah, but what's interesting is his first contract was nine twenty five for three years, and then uh, that was with Colorado and Arizona. Actually, signed him for less for two. So, um, what is this arbitration? Two additional pro years required. Okay, so I think it's somebody that you can get away with signing for cheaper than Justin Hall currently is. How about that? There's your new right-handed defenseman. I, imagine at his last contract, he's just like, it's like, knock a couple bucks off. I'm probably going to be playing for the Leafs, you know? <laughs> Honestly, like, if you can keep him, it, this is, you know, if all things go well, if you can and want to keep him at, you know, 1.25, great. One, even better. I don't yeah, know what. No, absolutely. Or he can hold out for 1.5. 1.4, like yeah. I, um, I feel like he might want some term on his next one if he's staying with the Leafs, but we'll see. I think it's a, a good move because like you said, Douglas was never going to make it up. We've talked about this log jam. The Leafs are in no position to be bringing up somebody right now to try out its center, like fourth line. It's just, it's not, not where we're at. No, if you're not giving Nikki Bobby a regular place in the lineup, there's no reason to be calling up Curtis Douglas. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to it later, but Nikki Bobby should not play with Matthews and Marner because uh, someone needs to play defense on that line. Oh, my God. Hmm. Okay, so let's start with the good things. Marner and Tavares cannot be split up. Like, this is just <laughs> working so well. I love it. 
I love it. What's up there, Darty? That... I see you fighting for your, your unmute. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll be back and forth every now and then because I'm fighting for my life. I've been on this machine for an hour waiting for you fellas. So, <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say, like, it's like, I feel like it's a throwback to, like, what, like 2017, 2018 or something? Like, how long ago was it when they were on the same line together? Was it 18, 19? Should have been 18, 19, yeah. That would have been JT's first year, I believe. Yeah, good old Babs. Uh, so we got to, like, we can talk about the goals the Leafs scored. And, I mean, we'll just touch on that quick. Pontus Holmberg had a nice one on uh, Kerfoot picking up a, a giveaway there by New Jersey and, and Holmberg just sneaking through. and. I'm glad it wasn't the other way around because my God, Kerfoot wouldn't have buried this. <laughs> no, sorry, buddy, but not. you've had four too many breakaway chances and not buried it. I'm so glad Holmberg found this, got through, and did exactly you what he lose. needed to. <laughs> you get nothing, Kerfoot. All right, no more chances. Hey, you know he what? Just, he, he picked it up. He did. He did what he's good at, and he held. He let someone do what he's not good at. Right now. Kerfoot just needs to take the knife part of the Swiss Army knife and go put it against a sharpener for a little bit and sharpen some things up and maybe he can bury. He's like that one guy from uh, Marvel. He's like, he leads others to a treasure he cannot see. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, but really, like the story of tonight is not the fact that the Leafs scored two goals and the New Jersey Devils. It's about the goals the Devils did. Yeah, it's the fact that as far as the Devils fans are concerned, this game was a 4-2 victory for the Devils, and they are still on their winning streak. Um, holy shit, I've never seen anything like this. Marner's never seen anything like this. Mark Giordano, at 39 years old, has never seen anything like this. The commentators have never seen three goals called back for goaltender interference. None of us have. What the fuck? And and better yet, for this being a circus game, because I, I haven't done any research on it, but you got to admit, nine times out of ten, if there's some sort of a circus game, the Leafs are involved. And 98.99999% of the time, it works against us. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about last night. If the Leafs go to the finals, you're saying they're going to play Seattle or something, because of course they would. <laughs> like... This is the exact same thing. It's like, of course the Leafs have the most too many men on the ice penalties in the entire league. Of course, like, it's just the things that happen. But tonight, it was like an absolute zoo in New Jersey. I get it. They're on a, a winning streak, and everybody in that building wanted to see it keep going. But it was like the team was really doing anything to get the puck in the net, um, rules or not. Okay, let's break them down. The first one, questionable. I'll give them that. What happened here? Bader? So, okay. Yeah. This one, I obviously, I did not think this was going to go our way. I know I've, I've got a negative spin on this kind of thing in my head because we never see this kind of stuff go our way. If you, if you look at the intention of the rule, the spirit of the rule, however you want to word it, it's the right call. But that being said, I've seen a lot worse not be ruled goaltender interference. So yeah. as, as Murray is coming, as Murray is Murray stood up, getting ready for the shot, getting set up, uh, Bastion and Marner are fighting along Murray's left, so his glove hand side. And Bastion spins off of Marner, comes in behind, and he's kind of in the crease beside Murray. 
and he's coming through the crease, like he's exiting, trying to exit the crease to get in front of it as the shot happens. And as he's doing that, Murray goes down to make the save and his skate hits Bastion's skate and then the puck goes off of Bastion's skate and in. So, like, Lindy Ruff was incensed with this because he felt, hey, it went off our skate anyway. So even if he got there, it was going off us, it's going to be a goal. But technically, with Bastion's skate there in the crease, not being pushed in by Marner, not being pushed in by anybody else, that hindered Murray from being able to go left, which is where the shot went in. So that's why it was waved off. And I wonder if Murray kind of sold that a little bit too. Oh, 100%. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, goalies know that now if we're going to review everything and they're going to watch it 100 times, make it look good on camera because that's what they're going to yep. watch. Like, that's the game that we've now created. Like, congrats, Gary. You've you've made actors of everyone. You've turned it into soccer. Oh, and, and Shesterkin's really bad for that right now, too. I don't know if you guys have seen any highlights, but he's been really bad this year for that. He needs some excuse for how bad he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, we were talking about Gary Bettman. Bettman this is disgusting. This is... Look, I'm so glad that we won this game because honestly, this kind of game is like, it's like we're Ebenezer Scrooge and like this was like the ghost of Chris, the goals of Christmas past, present, future, you know, <laughs> like we're, we're kind of watching stuff that should have happened to us and we kind of got away with our tails intact, right? Like it's guaranteed this is going to somehow come back to screw us over stuff like this in the, in the next half of the season, right? Just like it already happened, it's already happened to us. Right? Well, we've so, had back to back. I don't know. It's just back to back games where there was a, a imminent scoring threat net knocked off, and now three goals called back for interference in the same game. Back to back. Wow, that like, but it, it's, pfft, never for the Leafs. It it does just go to show the fact that like what everybody always says, all coaches in any sport at, at any level, hard work pays off, right? No matter what was going on, the Leafs, for the most part, kept their mouth shut, and they just, they worked. Yeah. They they definitely watched the tape of the last time they played the Devils, and they saw how they got outworked the entire time, and this game was a fun, fast-paced game to watch. Like, the Leafs brought New Jersey's game right back to them. Oh, yeah. Um, but before we move on from the first interference uh, review, the best part of it was when the ref came out and was like, call on the ice stands, waves his hands as though it's no goal, but says, we have a good goal. And so the fans in the stadium are immediately thinking one of two things. Either he said the wrong thing or he made the wrong gesture. So either, like, no one knows what's going on. This is literally the La La Land Moonlight equivalent of NHL. Like... Actually, but did someone do the research if that ref was Canadian? Because I'm pretty sure right after two, he's like, "Oh, sorry, uh, uh, no goal." <laughs> but the the even funnier part about that is before he waved the goal out, he started to signal to center ice for good goal. They literally like he was like about to say it and thought to himself like, "Wait, I actually don't remember what we just decided on because we went back and forth so many times." Like you, could, that was the only explanation for that. It was like, uh, I don't remember. In the five seconds it took me to skate over here, I actually don't remember. <laughs> what was it again, guys? No goal. Okay, no goal. Yeah, it's no goal. I just hear Gary on the on the phone. Like, I I said good goal. 
Good call. God damn it. <laughs> it's like the yeah, the call was dropping out when they called him. Gary, what do you think of this one? We can't we can't figure out our minds. It's a call. It's no call. <laughs> oh, oh man. So then the second one. Like, this is the thing. I understand that the first one made the fans mad because it was very questionable. And then we had the the missed, the botched announcement at the end of it. But, oh my God, the other two were so blatantly goaltender interference. I do not understand the refs you suck chance and how quickly this escalated. Well, you got to give it to the Devils fans. So, like, this year they have just been chanting everything. Yeah. What was it? They they started out 0 and 3 or something like that, and they were chanting Fire Lindy. Yep. And then five or six games, I think it was, into this win streak, they were chanting Sorry Lindy. Yep. <laughs> like, you, you got to give it to them. They haven't had anything to cheer about since 20, what was that, 2012 when Broder, with his geriatric career, took them and dragged them to the cup final. It's definitely the the Danbury Devils and not the East Rutherford because you're seeing a lot of like like uh, like bumish activity from the fans, which I kind of like too. You know, you get you get, you get some greasy fans uh, watching the game. Like obviously we're going to touch on it a little bit later, but holy smokes, like those guys is you know Jim Tan Laundry out there. You got all the Jersey Shore cheering for these guys. Um, I got to shout out Buds All Day podcast had a great message. It's uh, you can tell these people haven't been attending Devils games for the last eight years. <laughs> right it's like so obvious that they all forgot how to act in the arena because they've been actively avoiding going to games for so long well they all forgot what the rules were too no kidding so the second one was um when sorry tatar came out from behind the net and knocks knocks murray over while he's i want to say about like eight feet to the left of the net playing the puck like he was not even close to the crease so the devils rung it around the boards and murray skated in behind the crease to catch up to the puck to grab it and to play it back around farther and then as he was doing his loop back out to the front of the net he was basically at the line for the trapezoid that's in behind the net cutting into the post because he was coming right back out to get in his crease and Tatar was flying around trying to chase after the puck and instead of taking the long way around like everybody always does because you can't like that's a no-no you don't run goalies over unless you're Chris Kreider like (laughs) so his his only option there what was he trying to cut in between Murray and the net yeah like what do you and come on murray doesn't even know he's there because he's looking at the puck that he just passed like because that's where the play is because he has to get set up for a potential if there's a giveaway or whatnot and of course it does go to the devils siegenthaler's out at the point shoots it as he's shooting it murray is flat on his stomach on the ice because tatar just knocked him over and it goes in the funnier part is is that it goes in as it hits murray's stick so he almost still stopped it but, I mean, would it have gone in if it hadn't hit a stick? It didn't look oh, like yeah. it was going to. You think? Okay. Yeah. Because it, it had enough power Who behind it this, that it just uh, went off the stick. Who's this Steven Ochnoin guy that's on the Devils? I've never heard of him before in my life. Steven Taller. Steven Taller? He's, yeah. uh, 
he's another mistake that Washington made. <laughs> Letting him go. They seem to be doing a lot of those lately, eh? Yeah, it's starting to show with where they are in the standings. No kidding. Their goalies are doing well. The people they let go are doing well. I don't know. It's tough. Um, so then we had this one obviously get challenged and it's overturned. And the refs, you suck, chance get worse. The fans are getting rowdy. And then, uh, holy shit, <laughs> literally like never before seen. I, I need to know if this has ever happened. I doubt in the short amount of time that we've been reviewing these and challenging them that this has ever happened. But um, for the third time, the New Jersey Devils score, and it is immediately challenged because it was a kick, kicking motion, and goaltender interference. <laughs> like, what? Like It was pretty flagrant, though, right? Oh, of course it was. That's why I think it's hilarious that they were chanting refs, you suck, because it's like, guys, this that's not a goal like any time. And like the only argument that everybody was trying to say, which if you're a casual fan, I could understand why you would argue it because you wouldn't know. But is the fact that it went off the skate of the Leaf defender. So Murray's down, um, Halla kicks it, and it actually deflects in off of the Leaf defender. But as we saw earlier this season, that doesn't negate it. Think of Riley's hand pass when he stopped yeah. the puck with the opposing player's stick in his glove. It came down, hit that player's knee, and then Marner grabbed it. Yeah, that was still it doesn't called matter. hand pass. The other team... You guys have to remember, though, like 69% of fans are casual fans, right? And the rest of us are on Twitter and can't afford tickets, so... <laughs> uh, except... <laughs> In the uh, Scotiabank Arena where it's like 98% suits and then 2% of people that can barely afford to be there. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> finally, the fourth goal for the New Jersey Devils of the night finally goes in and counts with about uh, five, and, five and change left in the third period. And I brought it up earlier. Matthews, Marner, and Robertson caught sleeping on defense there as they just let Dougie Hamilton walk in behind the three of them and tip this one in. I do not know how he managed to just completely catch them all blind, looking the other way, like no one was on him. I had watched this well, so many times over to be like, how did Hamilton just like walk in here? I don't get this. He was, he was watching some Jordy Ben tape. That's what he was doing. Well, aside from like the majority of the game, I was actually really impressed with the entire Leafs D because pretty much it, it looked like the entire, not only the defenseman, but the entire team was committed to helping out like that. The, the whole first period, especially the speed and the, the determ determination with which the Leafs forwards came back to help in the defensive end was incredible. Like I, it's been a long time since I've seen this team commit that hard to defense Oh, and the hustle from Willie, too, even. Yeah. Um, but on that play, so was it he sure or Hughes that had it on the sideboards? Um, sh it was from Sharon Govich. Oh, it was Zyrland. Sharon Govich. Okay. Sorry. Um, so Sharon Govich had it on the sideboards. And if you watch the play, nine times out of ten, that winger is going to throw it behind the net. So Sandine actually cheats and just he sees the stick flex like he's going to move it and he goes behind the net 
Sandine's already on his way behind the net before the puck leaves his stick. As Hamilton's coming from in behind, coming from behind Sandine, right out front, and since Sandine's already left, heading towards the back of the net, it's just the lane's wide open for Hamilton there. Not saying the forwards shouldn't have come back a little bit more to help out, but oh no, it's not even that. Like I just watched it a couple times. Like they were there. Like Marner was there. Robertson was there. Like it wasn't even a matter of them getting back. They were already very much in play once the puck was moving around from Sharon Govich. I. I don't know. I I get what you're saying. Sandine was, but like if if he moves to go cover that pass, like Hamilton's a defenseman. Like it's on the forwards to watch where he's going. It's not Sandine's job to watch where Dougie Hamilton's going. Depends what. Uh, I wasn't really paying too close of attention to what style they were playing, but depends if you're playing man or zone, right? If you're playing man defense, you're every, pretty much everybody's got a guy. Your wingers would have each defenseman the up top and. You you kind of rover around with them if they move. If you're playing zone, you stay in your zone, and everybody's got to kind of be aware of it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's that he came up from the right wing there and just kind of cut in around the circle, snuck in behind all of them who were looking to the other side, and and you know nobody was looking the other way. No one saw where he went, so it's just yeah. It look you got to give it to Dougie though. Like he's one of the best defensemen in the league. I think he's been plagued by injuries that kind of has held him down a little bit because. I think before he kind of had a bit of an injury bug back in 2019, he was up for uh, Norris contention, right? So you guys, like, don't forget, this guy's no slouch. Oh, yeah, no. Should have been a leave, too. (laughs) Well, considering he's making, what, a million dollars more than the entire Leafs defense corps tonight? Yeah, good on him. Uh, (laughs) Because, yeah, Leafs defense corps tonight, if you include Timmons, who is on the game sheet as a scratch, is 8700000 And Dougie is nine. Oh my god, he is on as a scratch. That's funny. Pretty sure he's also like six foot six. Like he's a monster of a kid, right? Like he's uh, also a shit. Who the hell is Tyler Watherspoon? Scratch for New Jersey tonight. I've never heard of Watherspoon before. He's been a, a young defenseman, kind of a journeyman that's been up and down and all over the league the last handful of years. Nice. Uh like these names, Johnny, like like Siebenthaler and fucking Bastion, like what the hell are they picking up? It's like they're picking up the Amish from from Pennsylvania or something. Jesus, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know where you got an Amish from, but I love it. <laughs> Shrewd league players are picking up, all right. Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, okay, so because we've been doing this lately, ice time wise, least for the Leafs, Holmberg at nine and. Uh, defense would have been Hollowell at 12 obviously those two are the newest ones they're protecting them but I mean Pontus Holmberg scoring on nine minutes on the ice I love that wild boy and and like you said earlier it was a a beautiful little little shot too yeah was that a five hole I couldn't really tell where he got it through it was both leaf goals for five hole nice um, Leafs were bad on the faceoff dot tonight. Fifty nine forty one for the Devils. That's unusual. No, I felt like this is one of those games where, like, I know Bean was saying they look really fast, but in many aspects, I noticed I felt like they were they were t- were tired. But this is the kind of game we've been asking of the Leafs, like that little bit more. You don't have to go like a hundred thousand ten percent. You just got to be out there and play the game, all right. And I could tell at moments they had flashes of brilliance. Obviously, at moments they looked a little tired, but they played the game. Like when you're winning a game with Tavares and, and uh, 
Chris Pontius out there. <laughs> like, that's all you need, right? You don't can't ask for anything more in a game like this because this is the, where they're coming off of what, a 13, 14 game heater? Like, we weren't expected to win this game. No, but I think what they were able to do, like Peter said, they were watching the tape. I think instead of trying to match the speed, they were just kind of letting them skate themselves out and play positionally instead of chasing them around. Because I think that's what they got caught doing last time was, you know, this whole team is a lot faster than the Leafs are top to bottom. And they were just caught chasing them. And tonight it was, you know, hold your ground, watch where they're going and, you know, let them tire themselves out. And look, look what they did. They were so frustrated that they were just jamming at the net and trying to get anything in because they couldn't convert any other way. And the, the, the frustration went through the entire team. Like Dougie Hamilton was just swatting people's sticks out of their hands all game. He got a high yeah, stick. Yeah, Bunting lost his twice. I think it was three times throughout the entire course of the game. Oh my his high sticking penalty on Marner, he didn't even try for a stick or anything. He literally swung it at his head. Like even Vanacek, there was a, a point in the third period, I kind of think it was Bunting, where Bunting had come across and kind of clipped him. And I believe he had been pushed on top of him to play before. And Bunting skating up, and Vanacek takes two strides out of his crease and full two-hand cross-checks him right in the back. Oh, my God. And, and was, like, screaming at him as he, was, as he was coming up the ice. Like, the whole team was just getting flustered. But uh, hey. even Hall was, uh, I think he gave somebody a fucking, uh, what do you call it, a little cheap shot to the face, too, after they were touching our tendy, right? So I got to give a shout-out to Justin Hall. He don't fuck with that guy. And, I mean, look, I get they were frustrated because their goals kept getting called back, but... I mean, the Leafs got under their skin and they found a way to do it without being like a team full of Brad Marchands, which everybody seems to think is just like something that's achievable somehow. Um, I I feel like the way that they can get under team skin is just by not letting them do what they want to do, like just slow things down, watch what they're doing, learn from them. They're smart players, the Leafs, and they have the power to just capitalize on mistakes that they force the other team to make and just, you know, keep them frustrated because they can't set up, right? Like, I know it's not super easy to do against every team, but look, they just did it against the team on a 13-game winning streak that had no sign of slowing down. There was um, there was a couple game, times this game, too, where I noticed uh, Lilligren stepping up huge. Just the one time it was with Sandine, and I want to say the other time it was with Hall when they were out there together. And... Lily's like pointing and yelling at whoever he's out there with defensively saying, no, go here. Like directing his own defenseman as of where to go in the, in the zone so that they're better covered. Like the kid's young and he's doing that already. That takes balls. That just shows you how close of a, a group they have in the dressing room that he has the confidence and the courage to be able to do that. Even though he's not Giordano or Riley, right? We asked for communication from these guys, right? So, like, we kind of demanded it, and this is what we want. Like, I want to see more of that going forward. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Okay, so let's give uh, – let's do uh, – where's my button here? Let's do one of these. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty. Well, it's pretty good tonight, and I know that's uh, tough when it's 2-1, but I think it's a good time to do it because it's a good time to take a look at the little things. It's a little things game. Who was pretty good tonight? 
Also, the Leafs well, stole this by taking with this whole belt thing, which is basically giving the pretty good to somebody because they just keep giving it to like whoever wasn't one of the stars that deserves a shout out for doing like a good play <laughs> or something that one time, which I just want to say we've been doing that for like a year, but fine. <laughs> so he's not really the one I wanted to give it to. Um, so if you guys don't, then I'll give an honorable mention after you guys are done. But for how much I shit on him, I have to give it to Hall tonight. Because he did okay. play well. He There was a couple blocks there. One specifically, I think it was in the third, where he was out front battling with Bastion, basically in the crease. It got passed over to the point. And as the guy was winding up, he went from the crease to about two feet in front of him, skated that far out that quickly, and blocked the shot. Like, you know he was... He was dialed in tonight. He was playing, and he, this is if if he can play like this the rest of the season, I'll give him a shout out every damn night. Like this is the type of defenseman that Keith and Dubis thought he was, and why he was kept being in the lineup. But we haven't seen this since he first got paired with Muzzin way back when. Look, and I think anybody, no matter who you are, what your job is, if you take a look at your performance and you can't be proud of it like that, like, and you have no other option but to learn from it and improve this is this is kind of the only way out right like he has to get better or he loses this job i i mean his his career in the nhl is not solidified if he you know gets bumped off of this team and no other team wants him like he needs to keep working so this is this is what justin hall needs to do is get back to what he knows he can do find that confidence again and uh with muzzin and and riley and brody and now Ben out like it's his time to shine man like him and, and Giordano are the most experienced now or I mean Mete I guess is up there too but like my god there's a bunch of kids how old's Mete even I forget Mete was part of that uh, 2018 world junior team that's been oh right in the paper so he's not even yeah he's not even that old either I was thinking Ben who's 35 so it's like literally just Giordano and a bunch of kids. Gio and the boys. But even <laughs> even even um, Ben, he's only played 600 games. Wait, really? Yep. His 600th game was, I think, last game or the game before for us. That's strange. What Mete's played it, 241. Has Jordy Ben just been like held back by injuries or just not been that usable? <laughs> um... I think he has had a little bit of a an injury run. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really follow him too closely with the Stars. Um, just try, quickly looking at it here. here. Yeah, it doesn't look like... Oh, yeah, he missed a lot of time. Yeah. I'm looking at a Montreal Canadiens. Like 13 games. Well, that 13-game one, that's after a trade from Dallas. So if you take the 58 and the 13... Oh, I see. That's, that's why. But even okay. still, that's not 82 games, right? No, and it doesn't look like he has other than one time, eighteen, nineteen. So, yep. Okay. Well, fellas, uh, <laughs> I think it takes uh, a unanimous vote to uh, get a first star here, and so our first star tonight is uh, none other than uh, Justin Hall. All right. Yeah. I had the same thing. I've already said once. I don't really need to say it again. He, you know, he's he plays best when we don't see him. But I actually did catch him a few times being a little chippy out there and. So he was throwing some punches, kind of showing the the other guys that, hey, get your hands off our boys, don't do stupid shit. And uh, 
for that. I said he gets the first star from LLN, okay? Yep, with an honorable mention to Pontus Holmberg for scoring his first NHL goal, because congrats. He doesn't even have a picture on NHL.com. Wow, boy. Wow, boy. I, w- I was going to do honorable mention to uh, Gio. 39-year-old man, twenty four over 24 minutes tonight, playing great, and he's still doing his like street hockey sliding to like like he's a street hockey goalie sliding to block shots yeah uh even even tony soprano knows not to mess with the don all right the godfather that is mark giordano okay i'm sure there's a lot of italians out there who are not thrilled with uh, getting their ass beat by this 39 year old man but uh let me tell you he's been an absolute stud for the leafs so far justin hall played 25 minutes tonight by the way most of yeah. the leafs um do you guys i i you might be already looking at these uh numbers here justin but Darty, take a stab at how many minutes Nico Heischer played tonight. This is stupid. This is how you get your star hurt. Is he pushing 30 now? 24 minutes, dude. I was going to say, like, uh, that's... Marner... I don't know, 24 is... Marner played... How, how, many, how many was Marner and Matthews? Marner played 22. Matthews, Matthews played 19. I don't even see Matthew. Oh, yeah, there he is. 19. Matthew's yeah. 19. Tavares is 18. I felt Matty was a little slow tonight, but you know what? Hey, if you're having an off night, these are the these are the kind of games you want to win, right? This is kind of how you want it to go. I just don't understand why Nico Heischer is on the pa- uh, penalty kill and on the power play. He played three and a half minutes shorthanded and four and a half minutes on the power play. But just think like, like prime Sidney Crosby. I guess, but like... Right or like to... Bergeron or, or Datsu, yeah, you have okay. a player, right? Like because he can do quickly, it. They don't have that many he's, people. He's quickly turning into a stud, showing yeah. why he went first overall, right? And you also got to right. think score effect into it too. Mm-hmm. Whenever the Leafs are down by a goal or two, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, their ice time bumps that extra three four minutes too. Even Jack Hughes, he was twenty one twenty tonight. Yeah. You guys got to remember that old habits die hard. Like this Devils team has been shit for what, three years now, even though they're like supposed eight. to be good. So, so, uh, well, I'm talking about the, like the Devils as they've been kind of currently composed, right? Yeah. They're young, young guys. Like it's taken a while for them to grow up a little bit. So, of course, there's going to be some oversight on the coaches and on uh, time on ice just because, hell, they won 14 games in a row. They didn't, they didn't, I don't think they expected to be winning this many games considering their future wasn't looking so bright with, uh, their goaltending situation last year and just said the guys were taking some time to come out of their shell. That being said, though, you look at Lindy Ruff, like the guy I think is sixth all time in coaching appearances or something like that. Like he's been around forever and he took a god awful Buffalo team and coached them up and, and turned them into a contender. Like he had many, many Buffalo teams that were really good. What was it? Oh five, oh six, oh six, oh seven. They made back to back conference finals. I think it was fair. Like uh, you still have a Maxim Finneganov. Oh my god! Oh, as much as I hate the Sabers, he was fun to watch. I always traded for him in all the uh, old Chell games. He was so good to have in the games. Man, R- random. Comp- you brought that up, so I have to say it. A player that I always used to trade for because it was a ridiculous glitch and there was no one faster than him Martin was Ladislav Nagy. Oh, really? Yeah. He was the fastest Nagy from like was... NHL 04 to like NHL 
it had to have been 08 or 09. Like he was absolutely the fastest. I broke that with Kyle Wellwood once in like 07 or something. Like I'd used him enough that his shooting stats got up and he's so small that they're just like, eh, his potential speed's 99. <laughs> like, okay, cool. And there used to be a fun glitch in 06 as well, where if you used Lemieux, you could score off a face off every single time. Oh my god! Um, now those NHL games are so glitchy, though. Like I remember back in 06, like because I guess sometimes they just like overrate the prospects a lot. I remember you could turn Gilbert Brule into a fucking Sidney Crosby in less than a year. Or you can also push the puck in from behind the net, like underneath the post, and it'll just count as a goal as long as the puck goes in. It doesn't matter how. Um, <laughs> one thing that we have to talk about that we didn't talk about tonight: um, what in the world were these fans thinking? The New Jersey fans, with about, what, seven minutes left, just start an all-out barrage of full beers. Like, literally full beers. I mean, I know we we kind of touched on it, but we didn't really go into, like, th- this was a really disappointing display. Um, like, I know the World Cup is on, and maybe they came from watching it all morning and thought that, like, you know, we're, we're rowdy soccer fans now. But, like, what the so- hell? You know it's bad when you have John Tavares commenting on it and saying that it felt good to beat the fans. Yeah. Like, after Sidney Crosby, I can't think of another player that's been in this league in the last 10 years who would be lower down on the list to say something like that. Like, it's not like he was an asshole about it or disrespectful or anything, but that that maybe... Bergeron, Crosby, and Tavares are the three that you would never expect anything from, ever. Yep, and he said it was better to beat the fans than the Devils tonight. That's I, I don't think Tavares really cares about his reputation in the tri-state area, frankly. So <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Valid That's point. Fair. Uh, but honestly, like, I mean, they outshot the shit out of the Leafs tonight, 35-20, to 20, and they wanted this win streak to keep going. I get it, but like, how does just escalate that far. I mean, security can't get a handle on it. That's too much at once. The teams went to the dressing room. Like they, they were literally dodging full beers. Yeah. Gatorade <sighs> bottles, beers. Like it, it just goes to show that as was pointed out, they haven't been going to games. Oh Jesus. Well, now that you say that someone threw a big bag of, what looks like gummy bears on the ice in the Colorado Vancouver game. Okay. I just see E N on my screen here. What is that? What's going on? Where's, where's that? Sorry. I'm on NHL.com and there's just an E N over the game that it's like, well, you're watching in English, Johnny. All right. Not Spanish. (laughs) uh... (laughs) No, it's like a big red thing that it's like Vancouver's up four, three. They have a power play. Uh, Colorado's out shooting Vancouver 36 to 25, a minute left in the third. And yeah, they're out. They were out with shovels. It looked like a big bag of gummy bears or jelly beans or something. They were scraping off the ice. Oh. Some weird lopsided games tonight. Cause, uh, oh, played, Ian is like, empty net. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I played, uh, Rob, I, I played Sebastian Ajo over Rob Thomas and I, uh, I kind of regret that now. To be fair to you, like, Okay, yeah, St. Louis has been one of the most streaky teams this year at all because they went, what, 1-3, lost 6, and 1-8 or something like that. But if I had to choose between Sebastian Ajo, 
Carolina, not not Islanders. I and um, Robert Thomas. I would definitely choose Aho. No questions asked. Seattle beat San Jose eight to five. Holy! I got Jamie Alexiak first game back, scored a goal. Um, but really, I just like. Do you think that New Jersey is going to put out a statement about like conduct from their fans, or if they're going to try to, you know, hold any of these people accountable, try to ban them from games? Like, what do you think the fallout from this is? It's too much, man. You got the mob there now. If it was like one guy, like what happened at the at the Rogers uh, Center, like yeah, that guy got you know basically booted from his job. But you got the, all the fa- pretty much essentially like fifty percent of the fans doing that. Yeah, you're going to get a statement, but I don't think you're going to see anybody kicked out. It. Realistically, if any of the security guards physically, like, actually witnessed someone doing it, then they're supposed to report it. So there might be a couple fans that end up being banned or charged or prevented from buying tickets for the rest of the year or something like that. It's not going to be huge. Well, I'm sure that, like, you know, if there's a huge group of people that were nowhere near a security guard that got away with it. And then there's like one person that was beside somebody and, you know, he gets grabbed and they start arguing like those people, I'm sure we're going to see a handful of them that do, like you said, but it's, it's going to be tough. I, I really hope that the ownership puts out a statement, you know, condemning just saying like, don't, don't do this guys. Come on. Well, so after the first handful of things started to hit the ice, the PA announcer actually made an announcement about it. And then the crowd started booing louder. Like the Streisand effect. I don't know. It's just kind of disgusting. Like, you guys just won 13 games in a row. Like, come on. Whoa. Lose lose a bunch of times in the first round, and then you can start telling me how to be pissed off at a hockey team. Beaner's got a- something. Arizona shut out Carolina? Wait, what? 4 nothing. 4 nothing. Yeah, I told you. That's why I would rather have Rob Thomas on tonight. Well, you said uh, you had Rob Thomas over, or you had Aho over Thomas, but you didn't say why. So I was just looking at the scores here. That's crazy. Yeah, I did worse, uh, Darty. I put Marty Nietzsche in instead of uh, Miko Rantanen, who got two goals and a power play point tonight. <laughs> Whoopsie. So uh, you mentioned the Kraken with the 8 5 win over the Sharks. How about the Kraken? Yeah. Like, what happened I, there? Brian I called Tanev? in. Um, so I listen to Sirius XM all the time. We have talked about it before and I called into under review this week. Shout out to Mick Kern. He let me give our, our podcast a little plug. So that was pretty fun and pretty cool. Um, talking about surprise players, teams, anything like that. And like the Kraken, okay, they don't after tonight, but they were leading their division in goals against, and they were third in the conference. I mean, they did let in five goals. Yeah, so tonight it's different. So they're second in the division now for goals against. They're only three. Like Vegas has let in 51 and Seattle's let in 54. Oh my but God. Those are the kind of games that Jack Campbell wishes he was playing. You know, he's like, <laughs> if he could win more eight, five games, he'd be so happy. But like, it's it's like Seattle went back in time and plucked Martin Jones from the Sharks when they went to the finals against Pittsburgh in 2016. Like, they're playing great hockey. The fact that you look at the Pacific Division standings and you have the two newest teams, first and second. That's embarrassing, you have, guys. You have LA third and 
the quote-unquote best team in Canada, according to the panel tonight, Calgary, and the Stanley Cup winner, according to the panel tonight in Edmonton, technically aren't even in the playoffs right now. It's pretty wild. Um, also, because I keep shouting him out every episode, Jason Robertson had another two-goal night. <laughs> this dude can't stop scoring. And here I thought you were going to say Marty Zelstra. The kid's <laughs> hitting 50 tonight, or 50 this year. I think so, honestly. What did he hit last year, like 48 or something? 41. I think so. Hey, since Marty mentioned him, shout out to, or since Darty mentioned him, shout out to Marty Zelstra. Oh, yeah. Signing a, what was that, a, a deal or, or? Signed an eight uh, song publishing deal, which is fantastic. Uh, huge shout out. If you have not, our, uh, our our very own TML fan and van of Leafs Twitter also makes lovely music over at Marty Zilstro. So you should go check him out on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever it is uh, that you listen to your music on because he's got some sweet tracks. It's uh, very, there's a couple of them that I, uh, I've i had stuck in my head lately. Um, it's very like, I don't want to let, you know what? I'm not going to say it because I don't want to offend him by comparing him to things. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. I like it. I just don't want to say something that he like doesn't think that it sounds like. I like it. I like it a I- lot. <laughs> I know he sent me a track a little while back because I made a comment on one of his posts and it was it was very punk, which it, it was a it was a pretty good track. I liked it. Yeah, there's one. I'm just going to pull it up here because it's um, called Moon from his album Dragonfly and the Spider. And I was very into like early 2000s um, and like mid 2000s kind of indie um, alternative electronic like MGMT kind of stuff and like. What was that? What was that one band, um, Animal Collective, that had that one album that everyone thought they were cool for listening to because the cover was an optical illusion? It kind of reminds me of like that era of stuff. I don't know. I like it. Anyway, um, well, I'm pretty sure he wanted to be. He wanted to replace the lead singer of Arcade Fire, and it was so funny he said that because like, like he does remind me a lot of like. Like, I get very Arcade Fire vibes from Marty. I also get Dallas Green vibes from Marty. So yep, I hope yep. he takes that as a, as a compliment. But uh, mm. yo, this guy's going to win a Juno Award, right? If you don't know what that is, that's like the Canadian Grammys, all right? <laughs> it is. And um, yeah, Dallas Green, I don't know if anyone wants to be compared to Dallas Green. <laughs> anyway, um, that's a inside music industry thing. I won't get into that. Anyway, um so why is he actually is actually is he actually a prick I didn't, yeah yeah I, yeah he is <laughs> unfortunately i mean just from what i've heard from multiple Marty, people you're a way better guy all right you're an a1 fella and that's all i gotta say about that um so leafs are playing tomorrow not tomorrow it says tomorrow because it's past midnight uh friday against the wild so we got a back-to-back minnesota and pittsburgh Ugh, another Friday, Saturday. Got to get down on Friday. But so, it's uh, 2 p.m. tomorrow. Or Friday. What? Is it legitimately or was that just a, a typo? Because I it, remember I, I saw someone say be that before as well. Well, they're in Minnesota it's, and this is Thanksgiving weekend for them. Maybe we'll have a ref come out and say, oh, it's not a typo. Oh, oh sorry. It is a typo. <laughs> No, it's set too. Are you serious? 
So Hurricanes Bruins is at 1 p.m. Eastern. Avalanche Preds 2. Canadians Blackhawks 2. Leafs Wild 2. Flames yeah, Capitals it's, 2. It's 1 because it's Thanksgiving Friday. They play at 1 p.m. Minnesota time, which is 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I was going to say, these sound like holiday hours to me. Yeah. that. Why would they put them against the Leafs? For a Thanksgiving Day game in the state, like that is the stupidest scheduling I've ever heard of. Because everyone's going to be at work. Like people might not even be done work by the time the game's over. Fire Gary Bettman. That is like <laughs> okay. I get that the scheduling is is hard to do, and I commend the people that have to do, the one dude I think it is that does this. But that is a really, really, really weird thing to do because it's not Thanksgiving here. No one has the day off. Well, the even the, like the weirder thing is some of the games throughout the day, it looks like they it kind of looks like they tried to pair up like rivalry games because it's a holiday. Like you have the Penguins Flyers, you have uh, the Hurricanes Bruins because they're kind of the same area and Hurricanes were the Whalers. The Whalers used to be from New England. So, you know, that you've got kind of a history there. Seattle Kraken versus the Golden Knights, so the two expansion teams. Sabres Devils two young teams that are both in the same state area like and then you have random stuff Chicago Montreal Ottawa Ducks Flames Capitals and then Leafs Wild like why not work more on the rivalries put the Leafs against the Canadians or Senators or something yeah the Leafs should play the Sens later at night and the Flames should be playing the Canadians later at night like I don't understand why they've got the Flames playing Washington, Montreal's playing Chicago, Ottawa's playing Anaheim, and the Leafs are playing Minnesota, and it's all at 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, what? I do not get this. I I thought this was a typo when I saw it down the stretch, but now that we're here and I'm, like, putting it together in context of, like, oh, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Like, what the hell? So what we're saying is please hire us because we can make better decisions at this point. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, well, so on the bright on that, side... Yeah, right oh, side. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I, and I figured this might be a decent way to end it off as well if you were heading that way. Um, on the bright side, a 2 p.m. start. Thankfully, uh, all us Canadians should be a little used to that from maybe paying a little bit of attention to the World Cup. I don't know if you guys saw or listened to any of it today, but uh, our Canadian yeah, boys. Yeah, I watched it at work. They, they definitely gave a good account of themselves today. They proved that we belong, and it was all the Belgians could do to sneak out that win. Yeah, I, what I was able to catch was just kind of glimpses on my phone, but everything I was hearing from the commentators was just that, you know, Canada's out shooting them, they're outworking them. It's just, it's not going their way. I managed to catch in the, the final few minutes, they had a corner kick where uh, they almost were able to tie it up. But, uh, man, that's so tough. Like, and they got to keep that spirit up too, because like you know, Deutschland's losing to to Japan, and Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia. So anything can happen at this point, right? It's not it's not like you know, two thousand to twenty fourteen, where it was pretty much the same ten teams in the top every single time. It was almost guaranteed that Germany, Argentina, England, Brazil, Uruguay were always going to be in the top. And now it's like, holy shit! Like, what the you know, you know, anything can happen. No Italy's kidding. not even and there. Also, the first time the host country lost their opening game. Yeah, yeah, Italy's wow. not even there this year. Like it's it's a, a different tournament. But you know what? It's it's been exciting, and I know this is a hockey podcast, but 
we we got to touch on it because we're Canadian and this is the first time in our lifetimes that Canada's been at the World Cup for the men. Yeah, honestly, it's something to be uh, to be proud of. Uh, I know we often are uh, pumping the the Canadian women's team, um, and uh, I don't know if you saw Sid Sixero <laughs> hopping on on Twitter saying, "Hey, if anyone if anyone uh, forgot, like we our women's team does this, it's like yeah, we it's it's like the biggest women's team in Canada, probably. <laughs> like they're the guy always just, stars, like." there's a reason he's on breakfast television now and he's not on a dedicated sports channel. Cause I think he's just so out of touch. Yeah. You could tell, um, Raptors by the way, cause we're talking about teams that we don't usually cover are uh, at 500 right now, nine and nine. They just lost to the Brooklyn Nets who were, uh, two games below 500. So that hurts. It's been a, it's been a rough start to the season for the Raptors kind of up and down, but kind of like the Leafs. They win a couple, and they lose a couple, and then they win a couple. So, anyway, regular season doesn't matter, right, boys? Regular season doesn't matter exactly, especially That's what when everyone uh, was telling us all, the, all summer. Especially when you're one of the Tannenbaum teams that's won since 2017. Regular season doesn't matter. <sighs> I, I anyway. forgot. I forgot the owner was Tannenbaum because for a second there, I was thinking we're doing a little Christmas theme, you know? Oh, Tannenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, any uh, any any history hockey uh, today things or should we hit it? Nothing really that jumps out. Nah. Today in hockey history is the first time three goals uh, goals were called back. <laughs> Pretty much. For the first time in hockey history a team rolled three nat ones on the ice. It's for you D&D people out there. Good night and uh, we'll see you <laughs> Friday. What are we going to do for a show? I guess it's like an afternoon one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, yeah, Dungeon Master, you tell us. I don't if, know. If, we'll figure it out. If we do one, I might have to phone in on my drive back from St. Catharines. Yeah, I'm probably going to be phoning in too. Phone it in gym. Friday, baby. <laughs> phone it in Friday. <laughs> all right. Remember to uh, give us a like and a follow and all that. Um, Sorry, this one's a little off the rails. We all just kind of got home from different things. Darty's not even home yet. He's still at the gym. Uh, but we got to get you something because this game was nuts. So anyway, Black Friday deal on merch. Um, subscribe. It'll be on YouTube. All that jazz. Love you. See you next time. My outro's not working. So for some reason, like it does like kind of follow the flow of the theme song. But when you say it that way, it makes it sound a lot like Seinfeld. So it's like do 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 do